0: Now we turn to the words, and um, our reading today is 2 Kings 22, and it's the first 13 verses. 2 Kings 22. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 31 years. His mother's name was Jedediah, daughter of uh, Adiah, she was from Bozca. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. In the eighteenth year of his reign, King Josiah sent the secretary Shaphan, son of Azaliah, the son of Meshelam, to the temple of the Lord. He said, go up to Hilkiah the high priest and make him get ready the money that has been brought into the temple of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have collected from the people. Make them entrust it to the men appointed to supervise the work on the temple and make these men pay the workers who repair the temple of the Lord, the carpenters, the builders, the masons. Also make them purchase timber and dress stone to repair the temple, but they need not count for the money entrusted to them because they are acting faithfully. Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan, who read it. Then Shaphan, the secretary, went to the king and reported it to him. Your officials have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord and have entrusted it to the workers and supervisors at the temple. Then Shaphan, the secretary, informed the king, Hilkiah, the priest, has given me a book. Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes. Gave these orders to Hilkiah the priest, Aakim son of Shaphan, Akbor, son of Mekai, Shaphan the secretary, and Asaiah the king's attendant. Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judea Meduda, about what is written in this book that is being found. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written there concerning us. This is the word of the Lord. Sometimes it's hard to say those words, isn't it? <laughs> Thanks be to God because what we've heard has been hard. Now, Josiah is uh, described as the last godly king. And there were many kings of Judah and Israel who did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They undertook Baal worship. Hezekiah was a good faithful king, he had his life extended. His son was Manasseh, he was evil and did violence. Ammon, his son, was only king for two years, again did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and yet Josiah takes to the throne at eight years old, and, miracle upon miracles, he does what is right in the eyes of the Lord, even at the young age. And he followed completely the ways of his father David, we're told in verse 2. And in chapter 23, if we were to read on, it tells us that he destroyed all the signs of pagan worship, He celebrated the Passover for the first time in centuries. He got rid of the spiritists, the mediums, and the priests of the pagan gods. All because of the book of the law. Hilkiah the priest finds it, Shaphan the deputy reads it, and Shaphan reads it to Josiah, and when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes. Now he was already obedient in many ways that in many ways, the generations of kings hadn't been. And it may well be that what he read was a curse on Israel and Judah that drives him to do more. And we don't quite know what the book is, but it's most probably thought to be Deuteronomy or the parts of Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. Then this might be what Josiah heard. The Lord will send on you curses, confusion and rebuke. The Lord will plague you with diseases, with scorching heat and drought, with blight and mildew. The Lord will turn the rain of your country into dust and powder. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. Your carcasses will be food for all the birds and the wild animals. And why would this be? The answer will be, it is because this people abandoned the covenant of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the covenant he made with them, and when he brought them out of Egypt, they went off and worshipped other gods and bowed down to them, gods they did not know, gods he had not given them. So this curse, if Israel were to turn away from God, spurs Josiah into action. But we find, of course, that the Lord's anger did continue through the reigns of the later kings. Finally, with Zedekiah, who was taken away to Babylon, we find that in chapter 25. All of them did evil in the Lord's eyes, and the prophecy of Moses comes true. We are not responsible for the generation before. We can teach and we can encourage the generations to come. In fact, Deuteronomy 26, says, impress on and teach the children, but we can't make them do it. We can teach them, but we can't make them do it. But we can make the choice to be obedient in this generation. And that's exactly what Josiah did. God's word is convicting people and bringing them back to God. We heard some of that today from Chris's testimony. And it leads us to obedience. The psalmist writes that your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path, in Psalm 119. God's word has transformed people's lives over the centuries. So here are just a few examples. In Nehemiah 8, we see them gather and Ezra reads the law, and he reads it from daybreak to noon. Can you imagine that in Christchurch? Just reading the Bible for five or six hours, and people are by what they hear. That's not that fabulous? In um, Luke 4, of course, we see Jesus reading the scroll. He was randomly chased out of the the town for it because he said that Isaiah 61 is fulfilled here and now. It has power to the word of God. On Pentecost, Peter, the first sermon they say, quotes Joel, Psalm 16 and Psalm 110. And 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. In Acts 8, we see Philip come across the Ethiopian, who's struggling with uh, another bit of Isaiah. And as soon as he has it explained to him, he he says to Philip, baptise me. Take me down to the river and baptise me. Then in the 4th century, we have Augustine of Hippo. Some say one of the greatest theologians ever. He was a bit of a naughty boy, basically. He got up to quite a lot of stuff. But the thing that really worried him was when he stole some pears and gave them to some pigs. Sounds a bit odd. But it, what got him is he did it just for the sake of, that it was wrong. Even as a boy, that's it. he did it because it was wrong. And it, as he grew in faith, that really, really troubled him until one day he came across Romans 13, 13, make no provision for the flesh, in its lusts rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. He later wrote, it was as if the light of relief from all anxiety flooded into my heart, all shadows of doubt were dispelled. And the rest is history. Martin Luther famously struggled with Romans 1:17. It was in 1519 in the tower in Wittenberg University. In which it struck him that actually it wasn't about what he could earn from God, that the gift of faith and the gift of salvation came from God. All he needed was faith. And a whole Reformation happened. George Whitfield in 1735 was part of the Holy Club at Oxford University with the Wesleys. And he. he met a woman who was married to somebody who was in prison. They had a ministry to the local prison. And she was desperate. And he explained John 3.16 to her. And she said, I believe, I believe, I shall not perish because I believe in Him now. I am saved. And her husband simply gave his life to Jesus crying, oh joy, oh joy, oh joy, because of one verse. Whitfield himself had not experienced that deep joy. That came later. So God used somebody who hadn't quite got there to bring somebody to a living faith. Nicky Gumbel, who's the Vicar of uh, Holy Trinity, uh, Brompton, from which the Alpha Course comes. Famously, if you've uh, come across the Alpha Course, uh, didn't believe at all in Jesus. But his very good friends, Nikki and Simon Lee, did come to Christ. And he was horrified. He said, This is a terrible thing. So he decides to prove them wrong by sitting up and reading the New Testament. By the morning, he was Christian. (laughs) And the Alpha Course has converted thousands, if not millions, of people around the world over many, many years. God's Word changes people. It nurtures those who already have faith. I have here, I've shown it to you before, but I'll show you it again. This is a Korean Bible. It was given to me by somebody from Open Doors. Um, They were collecting money to send Bibles to North Korea. You would be at best arrested, if not killed, for having one of these in North Korea. And they were being smuggled into the country. They are a lifeline for those who are under severe persecution. And it was given to me as a, as a pastor to go back to your church. You can have this for free as long as you show it to your congregation regularly to remind them how important the word of God is. Now in North Korea, a service is whispering a remembered verse in somebody's ear in the toilet. That is the best that they can do. So when it comes to, you know, should we go to church today, I wonder if I'm going to like preacher, that's a privilege. People are giving their lives for this. So what is God's transforming word for you? Well, The only way you're going to know that is by listening. And the best way of listening is by reading this thing here, as regularly as you can with others, because God reveals himself through his word. It's not the only way he reveals himself, but he does reveal himself through his word. He feeds his people by the word of God. John 4.24 says that God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. So we listen out for his word for us in prophecies, pictures, song lyrics, but mostly through scripture. We test them through scripture. So as Josiah had the book of the law brought to him and he changed or he, he accelerated what he was doing, It changed his life. And all these other people we've heard of that had their lives changed by the word of God. Let's be open to be changed by the word of God. And who knows what might happen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we pray that we together, can search your word and have open ears and open hearts for what it is you have to say to Christ Church today, tomorrow and for the coming weeks and months. And as we walk into that uncertainty we can, as we've heard today, trust in you and that you will feed us, you will nurture us, you will help us grow and you will point us in the right direction By your glorious word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.